Hey, what it do with the business is? It is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holler at your boy Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me. I am Spike Lou on the same social sites if you're searching for your boy. How you holding up out there? I'm good, man. Football season out. It's in full swing. Yeah, Shout out to the Ravens. I have a house still because I sure put the house on the Ravens game. The Ravens lost, didn't it? Stop. <laughs> no, sir. I'd have been homeless. Yeah, I was definitely in football mode yesterday, man. All day on the couch, nigga, from one until nigga Cam Newton was stopped at the goal line. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to do today. I'm a, it's good to have sports back, man, and going good, like, you know, at least for the moment. For now. Mind off everything else. I'm loving this episode right here, though, already. Of course, because we're talking about Kanye West. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about ownership in hip hop this week, man. We want to go over the tweets that Kanye West put out there and talk about masses and contracts and all that good stuff with the music industry. But first, it's a new HBO series called Thirst, and it's focusing on hip hop and vampires. We want to know, are you here for it? Also, Warner Music Group buys Hip Hop DX. A record label buying a music media outlet. Is that a big deal, a little deal, or no deal? Also, the Buffalo police are claiming that Benny the Butcher's BSF Black Soprano family merch is gang affiliated. They're issuing parole violations for wearing the merch. That's insane. We're going to get into that. But first, biggest news of the week, Cardi and Offset have filed for divorce. Uh, news broke last week as far as the power couple splitting up. My question to you, Adam Brown, how big of a hit is it to hip-hop power couples that this couple has called it quits? Man, uh, first of all, I think when you mention big dog hip-hop couples, they've got to be up there top three simply because of how big of a presence Cardi B has uh, in the rap game and just being a celebrity, period, and on, on the profile level. So it's definitely a big hit, but it's not – a big one. Like if Jay, if we wake up tomorrow and Jay and Beyonce have cut it off, then we're in trouble. Like it's, it's going to look nuts. Uh, but if you listen to some of what Cardi has been saying, which has come across my feed a little bit, like I think she's hopped on live a couple of times or whatever. And she's the way she's explaining shit. It sounds like some adult shit and shit happens. So I hope everybody understands that. And they don't try to paint hip hop with this broad brush um, like it can't happen. Like there can't be a, a happily married power couple, black couple uh, in the hip hop world, man. So it's unfortunate for them, but uh, it, it, it's not that big of a hit. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, this is not a big deal at all from a cultural standpoint. Of course, uh, to those two prayers go out, man, whatever they want. I hope they're able to work it out. But you hit the nail on the head. Unless it's Jay-Z and Beyonce. That's rough. It's going to keep rolling. I think that they've set that precedent for hip-hop power couples. Love is in the air in hip-hop. Like, way more so than when we grew up now. It's cool to have your significant others doing the Snapchats and the uh, uh, just the different things to show that love is in the air. So I don't think that this is going to put a hit in it at all, especially because, like you said, Cardi is keeping it real adult-like. They're not shitting on each other. It's like we grew apart. And that's something that you hear adults say when they break up outside of the hip-hop kitty stuff. Uh, that's something that people can address and, and, you know, keep it moving without any disrespect. 
uh, happening there. So, you know, I, I don't think that takes any hit at all. I think it's a very mature way to go about it. So I, I don't think it's been a big deal. What if what if Offset was trying to get the bag from her like Dr. Dre wife? <laughs> trying to get what from her? Well, if you're trying to get the big dog bag uh, off Cardi, <laughs> that shouldn't be funny no more. They work about the same though. They about they about on the same level. I wonder how that's gonna work out. If you were either one of them, would you just be like, "I got mine. Like, we ain't even gotta go do court. Just sign a paper. You never hear from me again. I never hear from you again." Or would you make sure you got what you deserve? It's a it's a it's Offset. It's a little one involved. That's the problem. Oh, well, I don't mean, no, I mean an amicable, like, uh-huh. hey, I don't, I don't got no problems with you, but we ain't got to go to court to see who get this house and who get this will. Gotcha. Like, we could just figure this shit out. That shit what do you think? Happen. Somebody like, nah, I won't mind. It don't never happen that way. Because <laughs> usually somebody did something, even though they saying the rumors aren't real. I mean, you know, the offset got a side baby and all that. They saying all oh, that's just gossip bullshit, but there's usually someone's fed up and it's usually it's, it's <laughs> one COVID, party that's man. fed up. People having to sit up under each other, man, that ain't used to sitting up each other, under each other. I think a lot got to do with these. That's true. These people are used to traveling. Like, they ain't used to being up under each other. We can talk on the phone for a couple hours, you know, and FaceTime. do that. Yeah, and then, boom, I see you this weekend. But they probably having to be up under each other every day. Uh, a lot of lot more marriages probably not gonna make it. I seen a uh, young Miami talking about she was single now. Who she was, was she on the boat to? twerking talking about she was single. She put it on her IG live. She well, who, said, was she talking she to somebody? She said newly singing. Uh, what's was the, the dude name that make the beats? Yeah. Oh, okay, Southside. Uh, Southside. Yeah. 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 She was dating him. She said she's done with it. So we'll yeah. see what happens after COVID, man. You know, you know how it goes. We'll see who gonna get. That's not a big deal. I don't think that's a big deal. Nah, it ain't. Uh, hey, let's talk TV, Who's, man. You know how we get down. Is Cardi like clearly the she ahead of Offset? Clearly, like when this is over, when she comes out on top, right? Yeah, yeah. She's more of a star than he. Is. She's a solo artist, and, and to be fair, Offset's in a group. He got to share the light to keep That's it right. on. Um, you know we like to talk TV, man. Uh, and there's a new HBO series on deck that combines hip hop and vampires. Let me give you the description. All right, first of all, it's called Thirst, and it says the series tells the story of a brilliant but cocky Atlanta rapper who thinks he has found his way to stardom when he links up with hip-hop's hottest group, but he has no idea they are hiring a crazy secret. They are a family of vampires with roots going (laughs) back centuries. HBO has purchased this hip-hop vampire series. Is this must-see TV? Man, if they don't get this shit out of here, no one wants to see Bit or whatever the fuck the name of this is, man. Uh, Thirst, I think. I, I just don't... I'm glad that people are paying more attention to hip-hop. That's fantastic. But when it's a, a watered-down rendition of this, it's like, who wants to see hip-hop vampires, dude? Like, did you see uh, Vampire in Brooklyn? I did. You seen that? Was that... I have. Like, imagine trying... <laughs> that's what I no. think. That's the first thing that I get when they say that, and then the writers that are uh, tied to this and the show words, their previous history consists of your favorite show, Tales. Oh my God. <laughs> the lead writer on this, yeah, the lead writer of this work, the, she wrote the first episode of Tales. And um, um, uh, what's the other one on Fox? Empire. Oh my God. That's what the guy, that's, that's the background that he has. So that's what you have to look forward to 
um, if, if we're going to do hip hop stories, I could use a little bit more depth. I don't really need the fantasy vampire type thing. Shout out to Lovecraft Country. It got black people in roles that we haven't seen before. Uh, okay. But when we're talking about hip hop, me, I prefer something more traditional, man. I don't need vampires. I don't need secret cult vampires. I feel like this has something to do with the Migos. Uh, if the Migos were playing the group, maybe I'd tune into this. But other than that, man, I'm out. I don't want to see this. Man, hip hop and vampires, dude. Like, what in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer bullshit is this, dude? Like, I'm all the way out. Uh, this is trash. Where's the BMF show? Uh, <laughs> quit playing games and put out the fucking BMF Black Mafia family show, dude. Like, what are we waiting on? I'm cool on hip hop and vampires. I don't like any vampire related anything. Like it's never been really? entertaining. That ain't your genre right there. Nah, the, the, the hardest vampire thing was uh Vampire Plus Till Dawn. That was hard. That's it. Damn. That's it. What nigga, you watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Like, no, nah, I have it. I actually I agree with you. That's why I was trying to hold you too, trying to see was it something in there that a hold it, but I can't think of anything vampire related that I like. Unless you watch True Blood. Yeah, I heard that was decent, but I tried like three episodes and it was wild. Like I couldn't get into the, at that point in time, the fantasy world and all that stuff. But since I've watched Game of Thrones, I may double back on True Blood and see what that's talking about. But I ain't really into the werewolves and, uh, and the vampires. This is kind of off the top of the dome, so do what you can with the question. If there were a hip hop based show, like something that they could focus on, a producer getting on or a rapper trying to make it, which we've seen before, is there something that you would be looking for? I, I like I, I like what Netflix did with uh, when they had the movie with Anthony Anderson with the kid that was that a was producer. Cool. It, it could have been uh, it could have been done a little better, but I, I like that they went with that road. And I also like what Atlanta's doing too, though, because that's even though that's not technically centered one hundred percent around rap. It's a, it's centered around his homeboy rapping and them trying to get him on, but it's done in a, like a dark comedy kind of quirky way. I like that or Dave because that's a, that's a technically a hip hop show good. too. Dave is very good. So um, I, I like when they go that route. I'm always here for funny. So if you can make something funny, count me in. If I had to pitch an idea, I would say uh, sort of like a, a hip hop version of it would be a scripted show, but they would be like doing newsroom like TMZ, but mm -hmm. it's scripted. Like with all the crazy hip hop headlines that you see, and then like just have the characters like making funny comments and jokes and shit about it. But I think that you kind of do something with hip hop in the, in the vein of Brown Sugar, I'm trying to say. Mm. Like a series of Brown Sugar hip hop writer goes into a newsroom, they deal with hip hop topics on a weekly basis and kind of bounce stuff off each other, have conversations. I feel like that would be a good series drama that they could hash out. But I kinda do like, not um, want to see vampires. Kind of like, uh, what's the shit on Apple TV we just got to watch? That, yeah, absolutely. Something yeah. like that. Something but that, like, like, at a label? Morning show, a newsroom, but at a label. Like, if it was that complex. That, that'd be that'd hard. That would be fire. That, that, yeah, more black people there. there. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, more I black people than that complex. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, real media. Like, there you go. I will say this, though. When I heard, when I read that, the description of the, of the show, I immediately thought that the vampires represented, like, the Illuminati or something. And so it's like I, him getting into something that he didn't know existed. And it's like a deep, dark, like underbelly world. I was like, oh, is this some Illuminati shit? You know what I'm saying? In that case, actually, it might actually be decent if they can correlate the two. That might kind of be cool, though. Again, their background is tales yeah. and empire. So do with, that, do with that information what you want. But that's Change their the background. 
Tales of the Empire. That's a skip. All right, next, man. Hip Hop DX recently released the news that they were purchased by Warner Music Group. Now, this move didn't just happen. It happened a couple of weeks ago, but they were finally able to talk about it. My question to you, is a record label buying a hip hop media source a big deal? Yes, it's definitely a big deal because now every time you go on Hip Hop DX, you're going to see the latest Warner Music Act signee plastered across the top. <laughs> like all of a sudden Warner artists are going to get five mics and they're going to have classics whenever that shit gets raided. And like, first, well, let me back it up. Salute to Hip Hop DX first off. I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a visitor of the site. So shout out to them. Nice. Congratulations on the acquisition. Uh, but what reason would a label have to buy a media platform if not to control what goes on it? Um, I, nigga, I would. <laughs> Fuck it. You're going to see all my artists. <laughs> they're going to be on every other article and they're going to be promoted for free at the top of the screen because I own the shit. Like if Trump bought CNN, nigga, the, the content would change immediately. It would be a whole nice. nother uh, tone on the network if that was the case. So I, this is a little dangerous. Um, but I, I get it. I'm not blaming Hip Hop DX. And if anything, it's a smart move by Warner Music, honestly. Uh, we'll be seeing a lot more Warner acts. We'll be talking about more of them on the show. You can, I'm call that now. True. And shout out to Hip Hop DX. Like you said, I'm an avid uh, subscriber to checking their site almost on a daily basis. So shout out to those guys. Um, on a short term basis, I don't think this is a big deal. This acquisition happened in April. Here we are a couple months down the line and, you know, nothing. And like I said, I frequent it daily. Nothing has really changed on the site. Uh, long term, I agree with you. Uh, I think that the long term, you start to see more Warner people on there. You start to lose the credibility of having objectivity as a site because you're going to or it's going to seem like you're skewing towards the people who come from Warner, whether it be the people at the top of the page, whether it be the reviews that you do, the music that you let out, it's gonna seem like, or it, it seems as if from a consumer standpoint that those things are gonna start skewing towards Warner. And that's the the, the fear that I would have. Uh, I, I don't wanna see Apple Music come in and buying like any other like sites, uh, hip hop, all hip hop, XXL, man. Well, not even Apple, Apple Music doesn't have artists though. That's different. But true, like if, well, if Universal bought that shit. Came in and bought them or something like that. But yeah, yeah I, I don't wanna see that. I still want the, uh, those people to be able to be independent and be able to uh, report broadcast give a point of view that's not going to be skewed from a label because they're trying to push a a narrative or push an agenda so that does scare me moving forward that's that's where we get claims of people being plants and things of that nature because i'll give you a prime example i remember when um when asap rocky first came out and i swear to you whoever whatever label he was on at the time i don't know if that's atlantic or what but they must have dropped a bag a duffel bag off of money off it on smash.com because he was plastered all over that fucking website dude and i had i was like bro let me listen to this goddamn album so these ads will stop popping up or some so I, I you're gonna start to see that and if it becomes blatant then it's going to be a problem. You're right. This acquisition happened months ago or weeks ago, and I haven't really noticed the difference. So hopefully that's a that's a sign of things to come. But man, that shit can get can get ugly, man, on some conflict of interest type shit for real. That's a fact. You know, I don't want that to happen at all. Uh, shout out to Double XL, man. I hope they're able to keep their integrity of what they're doing. Hip hop DX. 
Excuse me, Hip Hop DX. Um, next up, man, before we get to this ownership and hip hop talk, Benny the Butcher, my guy, took to Twitter to warn his fans. He said, quote, if you buy a shirt from me, you're gang related, according to the Buffalo police, end quote. He then screenshotted a text coming from someone that he knew that said that somebody, a, a partner of his had got locked up due to his black soprano family shirt and hat. Um, are you surprised the hip hop police are still in full effect out here? I'm surprised that they are locking people up for wearing this BSF Black Soprano family stuff. I'm, I'm very surprised that it's a parole violation that's being affiliated with gang ties. I'm surprised that small, little, big towns like <laughs> Buffalo are still able to get away with stuff like this. Like, this is the police department just being bullies. And, and this is the, um, the, the Justice Department just being bullies as far as the probation and parole officers. Um, and if I were Benny, as much money as I could allocate to send a, a lawyer there or hiring a local lawyer to just give those people hell to give like to, to one to get this dude out of jail that they violated and two just like to take these motherfuckers to court for discrimination to file restraining orders like I wouldn't and I, I know he he a street dude like going to Twitter like that seems like the way to go let people you know to alert people make them aware hey take this off right now but I'm not letting the police put no stop in my show as far as selling my merch. Now you put, like, you, you are fucking up my business, so I'm coming at you with every arm of the law that I can, any lawyer that I can that's in the copyright, and making sure y'all stop this bullshit. Even yeah. if I, I, I'm almost short of going home and handling it myself. Like, I get tweeting and having to be out here moving, it's cold, but you got to get it because ain't no shows. But at the same time, like, this would be a very big deal to me if I were Benny. Like this would be, this wouldn't be anything that I would tweet and then wonder what happened a week later. Like I would be following up on this shit on a daily basis because in 2020, it is surprising, uh, especially what we have going on now from a social climate, yeah. that they can get away with this. Yeah, I, People think because we're at home and we're quarantined that like the hip hop police have all of a sudden just disappeared. No, they're still out here. They didn't get defunded. <laughs> they are still out here. There's still a unit. Um, I hope the situation is maybe BSF stands for something in Buffalo other than Black, Black Soprano, Soprano family that I'm not privy to. Like, but I, I mean, I think that that was there before they were, and don't quote me on this, before they were even blown up rapping, I think that that was what they referred to themselves as. It's like the click. Like, what okay. happened or not? So almost like you had G unit and then you also had G unit. Like you had yeah. Dipset and you also had Dipset. Like it wasn't every nigga in that shit didn't rap. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Okay, well, yeah, in in that instance, it makes sense. Uh, that's gonna cause a lot of trouble for a lot of people because that merch is sold the fuck out. Uh, so <laughs> there's people, there's people everywhere rocking the hat, rocking the shirt, rocking the hoodie. And I, I honestly, I don't think I'd have there be any issues if I put that shit on and went down to Linux tomorrow. Like I just don't foresee that. <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah, for for the people in Buffalo, eh, you might get pressed a little bit, and that's stupid and a waste of taxpayers' money, obviously. But that's the type of shit that goes on, dude. <laughs> Defund the police, man. Hashtag. Defund the police. Yeah, um, I think that I hope that he's addressing this properly. Is what I would say. Again, in addition to just the tweet. Yeah, just allocating the right amount of force. So let people go. I'm like, it's 2020. You can't affect my business that way. Like, you're not you're not stopping me from selling shirts because y'all want some bullshit. Yeah. I'd be very impressed if I were him. 
Especially when ain't no shows coming in right now. Yeah, like I need this merch money. Nigga, you better quit playing with me. I, man, and like I like they they merch ain't like just no running the mill, like everyday I shit. Like these shit. niggas get they get off on their merch though. Like they are at the head of the game with them, Travis Scott, I would say Kanye, like yeah. people that sell product. Like we yeah. do this shit. So I'd be pissed. Nah, they they invest in they in their products for sure. Um, speaking of Kanye. Uh, he getting to the main topic. Woo. Kanye went on another Twitter rant. Uh, stop, stop me when you've heard that before. Uh, but this time it was a little more uh, cohesive, air quotes. Was uh, it? Yeah, that's why I put the air quotes over it. He uh, pretty much took on the recording industry has how it relates to people owning their masters and owning their property. And it turns out that he doesn't own his and this turned into a big discussion of ownership and things of that nature. So we thought it would be dope on the show today. So number one, we'll go through some of his rants and discuss, you know, the, the tone of this. And if people accepted this a little bit differently than some of his other rants, Uh, We'll look at his contract that he posted too. He posted all 100 pages and then we'll talk about what the fuck masters are and why it's important to own them and give us some examples of artists who do have their masters and some that don't, you might be surprised. Um, So real quick, we'll start with the actual rant itself. You think that Kanye's rant hit differently because it was about ownership? I don't think so. Uh, From a personal standpoint, I'm kind of biased. So, I'd say that first, I would, I would justify saying that first. But secondly, I don't think that I'm the only person that sees when Kanye starts to rant, it's like, oh, another one of these again, regardless of the context. And I think that he's placed himself in that box. I don't think, I don't blame anybody other than him for you having to sift to people not being alert or not wanting to engage because they don't want to sift through the bullshit again with Kanye West. So when you start seeing him saying, I, I need to hear from J. Cole, and I need to hear from Drake, <laughs> and he's making these demands, and it, it, it's, in my opinion, like I say, I can shrug it off and keep it moving. Like it doesn't, it's not gonna register to me just because I'm not sure if it's another I'm Walt Disney rant. I'm not sure if it's another <laughs> how Sway rant. Like you never know. And I and like I said, this is not to take anything away from the content of what he was saying, but to get to it, it's hard for someone like me who tries to disengage from Kanye West because I'm just not that big of a fan of him and what he does from a social aspect. So I yeah. try not to even get into it at all. But with that being said, just hearing the, uh, just being in the culture and hearing some of the conversations that have spawned even without me paying attention to his direct tweets, I appreciate that. So I do have to give it credit and say that it's hit differently in that sense for me because those conversations that have spawned off this time aren't uh, conversations about him and Kim's divorce or things that I could care less about. They're conversations about contracts and ownership and being able to get what you deserve as a creator. So I definitely appreciate that part of it. What about you? I think the rant started off typical. Uh, asking J. Cole and Drake to apologize. And it was a lot of eye rolling and here we go again and all that type of shit. And, but then he started talking about the contracts and how artists get tangled and twisted. And he started to wake a lot of people up 
Um, I, I saw people supporting him. I saw Hit Boy supporting him. I saw several people kind of backing him. And he hasn't gotten this much support online in years, like from, from the culture that is. Um, so I, I think this one hit differently because this reminded us of the old Kanye, um, exposing the system, raging against the machine, things that he used to do before. It's unfortunate that he doesn't have as much equity um, in people anymore because of his questionable stances that he's taken in the last two, three, four, five years. Uh, but this was a speckle of the old Kanye pissing on the Grammy, even though that didn't necessarily have anything to do with the ownership conversation. <laughs> like, I, I, so I, I don't know where those two, in, though. like those, like, eh, I, I guess that's looked at as the system or, yeah, exactly. you know, that, that, yeah, that's, that, that's fine. Of, y'all, we do all of this and we make all of this money and we get trophies. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's true. You know, I'll piss on your trophies. Yeah. That, that was funny. Um, but he even, <laughs> who got the trophy out of the toilet? You think? Who you think got that out of there? It's still not right. The there maid. That. that might be in there, man. That might be in the in, in one yeah, of the, the bathrooms. That nobody. <laughs> somebody had to get it out though. He couldn't flush somebody it. Somebody had to get that out. That's nasty. <laughs> somebody got that out of there, man. It ain't still sitting in there. <laughs> That's funny as fuck. Niggas don't think about that. And who cleaning all, it up? Man. Yeah, who getting that up, man? Like somebody, I, I would give him the credit. Like he may have put it in there. He might like, I'm gonna piss on this Grammy. But then when he got none, and went back to tweet. Like who was like, you gonna get it? I ain't picking that motherfucker up. You gonna get it? That's like funny. he 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 was he was on his roll, man. He was posting. He posted his full contra- recording contract. It was a hundred and like twelve pages. Mm-hmm. He posted it word, I mean, page by page, tweet mm-hmm. by tweet, on Twitter. And there was some very interesting, uh, some very interesting stuff in this contract. Like something that jumped out to me uh, that he was for Yeezus. He was given twelve million to make Yeezus, which is nuts. Um, eight million of that's a, that's retarded. Eight million of that was in advance for him to keep. And then the remaining was like studios and samples and shit. And Prior I thought that was interesting that because in there, huh? I was going to say late registration, he was given $2.3 million advance and $1.2 for a budget. So I thought that was interesting that he went from 2.3 uh, at one point in time to $12 million, uh to make a project. And that was his shortest project. I thought that was interesting. And real quick too, he got a bonus Tell me if I'm tripping. He got a bonus for making late registration. He got a $500,000 bonus if it went three times platinum in 11 months. And he got $750,000 extra if he delivered it on time. $500,000 if it went three times platinum? Okay. Okay, we're on the same page. I I have it rolled down right here. I have it rolled down. I happen to go. Actually, I I rolled down $750,000. I thought he had to get. If he delivered it on time, he got seven fifty. He got a, another five hundred to the five. Yeah, yeah, I'd be pissed at that too. Like, <laughs> I, I think what to to take it all in the context to start with the contracts. Um, those are old business models, man. I, I love getting into the business and 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 business development, talking through those things. So I'll start there. The reason that those and, and the reason that those contracts are set up that way, and this is a, I'm a novice in the music industry. I'm not some expert. This is just from what I understand about business. The contracts were set up those ways in one at one point because of 
what it took to record a song, to market a song, to get that song on the radio. It was a big process. Like they had you literally take reels, move reels, like in order for things to be recorded, moved, mastered, mixed. Like it was a lot that went into it, and everybody couldn't do it. Yep. Uh, so when you charging seven, eight thousand dollars for a studio session, and it, your recording budget having to be three point five million dollars, that's an old model. And I'm surprised that Kanye West in 2020 is just now addressing it. What was still taking 3.5 million to record an album when he did for late registration? When I know it didn't cost that much to record it, he knows that he has to pay it back. Again, I'm not blaming him for I know that's how they make money in music. You take this much for the recording budget, get your boy to do it, pay him, y'all take a little bit off of that, boom. I get that. Yep. But those are the things also too, manipulating the system like that to get you tied into the contract. Like, I don't know, I don't guess he had enough power. You don't have enough power in the beginning. Right, like, I leverage. Do this and I wanna do that. And now that he has the leverage, um, I don't think that it's wise to leak the contract and lose the leverage. Because mm. I think most people contract looks like that. I'm kind of West though, I shouldn't have to do this in my opinion, to to make you move like i ain't got to put my contract on twitter nigga i'm kanye west you gave me 12 million dollar advance in my last album i'm worth a billion dollars i have clothing i got the no more one of the most popular women in the world i'm married to i ain't got to go through all of this bullshit and jump through hoops to get someone on the phone and that's what i think he was mad about like yeah. who are these people that i'm paying for music consulting and advertising that i've never met that are just eating off the kanye west brand so, yep. I mean, I respect that part of it, but what I don't respect is like the old model uh, being able to just last for so long. I guess because they didn't have the leverage to change it. Yeah, it, it, the whole masters and ownership, like that shit didn't become popular to say uh, until not that long, relatively speaking, 10 years maybe. Like it hasn't been, like like these contracts and stuff were created to keep you indebted to the label. That's how they were set. That's how they were structured. So like you said, some of this you have to pay back. So just to fill some people in, because I'm not, let me be very clear. I'm not an expert either. I've been, I've taken a couple of classes related to it. So I know a little bit more, but uh, take what I'm saying, Google everything I'm finna say after the fact. Um, but when you get money up front, because you just alluded to it, Ye has to pay some of that back and he does. So if you get some money up front, you have to recoup it. In other words, if you get a million dollars up front, then that means whenever you put your record out, that first million that comes in, that goes back to the label to pay back whatever it was that you just got fronted. Then after that, it's a split of whatever split y'all negotiated, 80-20, 50-50, whatever the split is, that's what comes to you. And so when people do that, so bam, Usually the splits were way off. They were 85% to the label, 15% to the artist. So not only did you have to give the money back that you recouped, then they take the 85% of what's left and you have 15 to pay lawyer fees and to cover, uh, you may have to pay back recording or, or producing. And then next day, know it, you're in debt and you're thirsty for a new album. You need to hurry and put a new album out. So that's how they keep you in that cycle. They, they sign you to a long-term deal, eight albums, nine albums. Ten, so you're constantly kind of on that hamster wheel. Kind of like when you go to a, uh, kind of like when you go to a check cash in place or a check um, advance place. That's how they keep you in that wheel. 
they keep it to where you have to come back two weeks from now because you're going to be short them 40 that you gave them to front you the last check, et cetera, et cetera. So what would you say to a music executive? And, and that was a good point that you just said. But what do you say to a music executive to respond to you and say, well, how do you think that we make you big? Like, how do you think that we pay for Super Bowl commercials and put you in front of car ads and, and make Kanye West a household name? Like, we need this much to, to operate. Like, yep. what do you, how would you as an artist respond to you, you, you have to, that's where you putting in the legwork for yourself comes into play. Like, what you have today that Kanye didn't in 04 and 05 is the internet. Or, well, social media, I should say. You, you have the power of social media. You can create your own brand. You can get your own brand cracking, hopping on live, dropping uh, singles or dropping music snippets on live, collaborating, going on live, talking to people. Like, you can do so much shit. Gary Vee talk about it all the time. He'll get with an artist and be like, look, I remember he got with the baby. He was like, look, we in New York right now. You need to hop on your live and say, I'm going to be in Central Park at 2 o'clock the first 500 fans, I'm signing your merch, I'm signing your CD. And best believe when you pull up at Central Park at five o'clock or whatever it is, nigga, it's gonna be slammed with the baby fans and you create you create traction by doing stuff like that because somebody's gonna film it, it's gonna look epic as fuck. 500,000 people are gonna be on Instagram on they shit sh for your event that you just threw at no cost, nigga. You just needed an hour to sign some fucking autographs or take pictures nigga so you you do stuff like that to create leverage to come to the negotiating table like that's how you would do it now that's fair um but i think the the, the record label has the trump card here because you can do everything that you just said and you can make a nice living from it but you can't be drake doing it yeah that's rough right like you can't no, no you can't it's impossible and I think that that's where you get to, and we're talking like we work, since we're having this conversation about gatekeepers yeah. and how hip hop is skewed towards the people behind the scenes making the money like that. Because like what you said is true. You can do that if you're a baby and you can spearhead your own social media, but that's still not gonna be that's not gonna make you Drake or Kendrick Lamar. And you right. can be more skilled than them and you can be more talented than them, but it's just the machine that gets behind them that keeps them rolling. That's and that's almost like free advertisement to the label. I know you and I will sit here and we'll have discussions throughout our years of hip hop and be like, well, why are people still signing deals then? Why do people still sign the cash money? Why are people signing the Def Jam? Because they see Drake. They see Baby on TV with a Bugatti. And regardless of what you tell a nigga, how many times a nigga hear you say, don't sign that deal, man. You can make it. You can grind on your own. Nigga come to your face and be like, here you go, 75 grand. You ain't yep. never had a nothing like this. You've been working a job. You've been grinding out as an artist for the last three years, sleeping on your homeboy couches. Here goes 75 grand. Yeah, you're going to have to give me that back. And you got to sign with me for six albums. <laughs> well, here goes 75 grand right here in your pocket right now, bro. And we're going to hit the button and make you popular and famous. And here go a chain. Yeah. And here go a will. It's hard for a nigga to say no to that. Of course. Hard because they see Drake. You know what I'm saying? They see Drake. That's more zeros than they than they may have seen up until that point. Absolutely. I understand that. I understand right. that fully. Which which, and what what gets into what we're about to talk about with masters and stuff, and what what exactly that means, and why it's important, and why it's a bigger deal than that seventy five up front or that whip up front. Masters, so like basically, masters are the finished product 
um, the, of the song itself, the, the song as a whole. Like masters came off of, like you said, back in the day when you had to get the big music reel and you had to do everything by hand. And there was that one finished copy of your song and everything was duplicated from that. So it was the master recording, like a key. Like if you had a key and you just duplicated it, you this got the is master how I key. Give it to the masses, exactly. Exactly. That's how it is. So the theater called me and they want to use my song in a movie. I have the master copy with the best recording. Right. I have to give it to them through the masses. That's why they're yeah. important. Exactly. And so that gives you control over your music of where it's played. And more importantly, you get paid from it every time it's played, performed, or sampled. And so you can negotiate masters up front. You have an easier chance of getting them um, if you have leverage. But typically, written in these contracts, and, and if you read two sentences of Kanye's contracts, then you know how difficult it is to read that shit because it's not in layman's terms at all. If typically they're owned by the label. And sometimes if you negotiate properly, you can either A, negotiate them to have them up front, or you can negotiate to be able to buy them at the end of your term. That's typically what happens. And so unless you're somebody like P who negotiated, I don't want the money up front. Like y'all finna, y'all finna give me this 400,000, a million dollars up front. I don't want that. Just let me get my master's or let me get a bigger piece of the pie. You can negotiate it that way too. So but well, for example, like we were uh-huh. talking about with uh, Diddy and Mace and in Kanye's contract as well, you can negotiate it 20 years from now. Right. You will be able to get your masters. And what's important about that is that if you remember when Kanye was talking about that uh, stadium music when graduation time, he was real big on making songs for like concerts and, and yeah, stadiums. The reason behind that, because 20 years from now, I still want people to be able to use these songs when I'm getting paid for. Yep. I still want that stuff to be placed in movies, and I still want that stuff to be in commercials and video games. Even 20 years from now, when Stronger comes on or... At a basketball under, game. Yeah, absolutely. Wait till I get my money right like that. Yep. Like Those stuff, I have to make music for that stuff to last when I'm negotiating for that. So I think that's an important point there. And, and people, uh, people like myself might be like, okay, but how much reasonably can you make by owning your master? Like, like how often does it really get played? How, nigga, that sh- you can make a boatload. And, the, and the reason why you can make a boatload is the reason why they make it so difficult. That's the number one reason why it's so difficult to obtain. They make it difficult because that's where the money, that's where the long-term money is. You know what I'm saying? That little hundred thousand, two hundred thousand you get no front, man. That's light work compared to what you're gonna get in five years if you own these masters. I'm talking right. about and super light work. And what you mean by long term bread for the people listening? Now you hold the key when you have the masters. So, is is Prince said that famously once if you you the masters have your master, then you have a master. What that means in layman terms, and even what you just said. Take Slim Thug, for instance. Now he said, he said, if you own, either you own your masters or your masters own you. the masters own you, right. Take Slim Thug, for instance. If I got the masters to just one out, like yep. Slim Thug, do I think it's the boss of all bosses he That's does. it. I run every, the streets all night and Every time out. somebody got to use that, instead of going to Universal and the Universal being able to negotiate a fee, they paying me 10 cents on the dollar for the song. I get to hire a lawyer. I get to negotiate a fee and I get all of the money as opposed to instead of what I, Universal would give me. Yep. All I got to do is pay my lawyer. So yep. 
even if it doesn't make you enough money or all the money directly, it gives you the keys to be able to negotiate. And that's yep. the power in business. Like I, if you have leverage in those contracts and all the other bullshit, you can make your way through them and you can make a lot of money with leverage of your masses. So having the leverage of the masses is very key. And think about how many times a, a radio song gets played on the radio worldwide. Across the, exactly. Across like, the think world. about that. <laughs> well, think about, like, wait, just DJ, like, think how many clubs there are in America. You know that clubs have to pay a licensing fee to, yep. pay, to play music? Yeah. When you go to Publix, Publix got to pay to play that music in the background. Walgreens. They pay, yep. that, they pay those bills at the beginning of the year. Yep. All the stadiums that you go, well, not now since we in COVID, but you go to a stadium, that stadium has paid beforehand to use all that music. Yeah, and so it, it's, and and the way people get paid is it's 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 delayed. So it's kind of like how, because it takes time to process them. So it's kind of like if you get a speeding ticket, but your court date ain't until like four months from now. You know what I'm saying? It's because it's delayed. And so people usually it's get checks. mailbox money. Exactly, it's mailbox money, exactly. You get a check like once every six months, or once a quarter, and that will maybe for the prior year or the prior two years or something like that. So, and just to kind of give some examples, you mentioned Slim Thug. Slim Thug is on record saying that that album, Boss of All Bosses, that was the one album that he owned the masters to. He said that that pays his entire home, the bills to the crib. He, he maintains his lifestyle just off of that one album. And if you follow Slim Thug on Instagram, you know what that motherfucking lifestyle looks like, and it's nuts. Nice it's life. fucking nuts. And half of the people listening may not have even heard that album that we're talking about right now. And we're just keeping it a stack because it didn't go 10 times platinum. Like, it's not like that, but he owns the majority of it. And, and masters are different from publishing, too. I want, some people hear publishing, and Kanye may own his publishing, or Taylor Swift may own her publishing, but they don't own their masters. What's publishing the is the words and the production that goes into it. The master is the final product. Right. So they can be owned by different people depending on who did what. Now, if you're somebody like Sir Mix-A-Lot, which I know that's funny, that's a funny example, but he owns the publishing and he owns the masters and he wrote and produced and, you know, arranged it. So he's, it's one person that is wearing all those hats. So all those checks go to him. So he was asked how much he made off of Baby Got Back that came out in 1992. He said he has made over $100 million off of that song because he owns the Masters. That's fucking that. ridiculous. Because that's still, you're playing in commercials and shit today. I can definitely see that. It's been sampled. It's been sampled like $100 million? Bruh. I, I wonder what he did with that money. They said he's living good, like though. He don't look like he made a hundred million though. No, nah, they said he living. He they said his crib in Seattle is crazy though. Really? Like any own like, like big dog real estate, um, in Seattle and shit. Who knew? He from Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Check that out. So it's 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 people like him. It's people like Rick Ross owns his own masters, which explains uh, his house. <laughs> to all of his albums. To my knowledge, yeah. Yep. Uh, of course, we know Pete Rihanna. She owns her masters. She mm -hmm. bought them back when her deal was up. Frank Ocean, Chance the Rapper. He's independent, so he owns all his shit. So these are Kanye owns some of his later projects. He just doesn't own the earlier shit. Kind of similar to how Jay was. Jay didn't. I remember Jay wanted Reasonable Doubt. Right. He wanted to that's buy that how, back. I feel like that's how this conversation got big mm. around Reasonable Doubt. 
because yep. when streaming services kind of took off and people were like, well, shit, why isn't reasonable doubt on or whatever it may be. But yep. I feel like it was Jay holding on to his masters or trying to get his masters because that was his pride and joy. Cause, and I think it kind of like went from there. Because when you do that, then you can have the 20th anniversary merch line. Exactly. And you can have a deal, merch deal with whoever. And it, like, it's so many different things. You can do the greatest hits. You can do the, man, it, bro, it's, it's, un, it's damn near unlimited, dude. Have you heard about, um, have you heard about Michael Jackson? Yeah. And, and the shit that he owned, or obviously he's dead, but you know what I'm saying? The, he, he bought a, a record label from Sony, like, like late 80s i want to say early 90s for like did you hear about the conversation how that came about Uh uh-uh so paul mccartney was telling him and he was like michael you really want to make music i mean you want to make money in this music game you got to own the masses like Mm. you have to go in and you know he explained the whole masses thing similar to what we're doing after that conversation michael went and bought the beatles masters over like over Paul McCartney's head because Paul McCartney was trying to negotiate a deal. And he was just indirectly giving Mike just advice. And Mike took that advice and fucked him with it. Yeah. That's funny. And and, and so that's funny. How it happened was he bought a recording house, a label that had some of those Beatles and uh, it had um, like Bruce Springsteen and some other, it's about 4,000 songs. He paid. Yeah. I, I'm, he paid $45 million for it. Mm-hmm. Sony bought half of them back in 2013, 2012, after he died. That is a state $500 million. $750 million for mm-hmm. half. And they said, that half. Was a rip, they said that was a ripoff. You see what I'm saying? They said that $750 million for half was a complete ripoff. <laughs> Process that. A $750 million deal and you got ripped off. I, I be, I'm going to tell you why I believe it, though, because if you look back, I forgot what year he bought them. But if you, if you account for inflation, that $45 million that he paid is about $250, $260 now. Yeah. So then if you take $260 and what that would look like for you know, 30 years yeah. later, then yeah. I can see why somebody would say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is fucking nuts. What are you going to say? No, go ahead. Now, um, some quick examples of people who don't own their shit. Uh, Drake, I don't think he owns his masters. If he did, he probably would stop making music. He wouldn't have to. And and, and we, that's a great example. I'm glad you went into that. But it's not, it's not, I won't say mandatory, but sometimes it's not feasible. Think about how Drake came into the game. Like you come in the game making successful, right? Like I know he made songs before that, but primarily if you're making songs like that on somewhere out of the gate the people that you're negotiating with cash money universal like these people are experienced they know that this is gonna go that's a fact like they know what this is gonna do like hell no like there's nothing that you could say as drake going and creating that song at that age to say i want my masters no they're gonna slash you the standard joint yeah, like there's literally nothing that he could have did to get his masters for that stuff If, if he wanted to be a star if he wanted to be drake yeah. Like those people that he went and talked to, and I don't know if it was Baby or whoever he signed with or he, whoever he got on with, you listen to what he is and you see that complete package right there, it kind of puts Drake at a disadvantage when it comes to stuff like your masters because no smart businessman is going to give that to him. 
Man, listen. Like, you don't even have, like, we talk about leverage. Like, there's no leverage that Drake has making, uh, what's the name of that mixtape? So, so far gone. Man, you ain't got no leverage other than you got this banging-ass tape. You take this million dollars, my nigga, and whatever I put in front of you, you better sign. I know that, no, that's what I'm saying. Or they just, you can they go just, back home to Toronto. They they just put no they just they just they just inflated that upfront check. That upfront check was well, yeah, I think it was two million, million if I'm not mistaken. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Here, take this two million dollars. That's that ain't, that ain't nothing to sneeze at now. Masters, no, it's nothing to sneeze at. But imagine if that nigga owned the Masters to successful. Oh, uh, maybe it would have never been successful though. <laughs> or best I ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like that's you, true. the industry got those songs, and it's like man, we taking this like even right now today. I probably that song probably made two million dollars a year. He Probably. signed for two million for that tape. Like I'm sure, successful or best I ever had make two million a year. Probably so. Still, that's but again, Drake. There's nothing, or at least from my position, sitting here talking about it to you. Like I don't see anything an artist, a young like an NBA young boy, the people that have a little buzz on the beginning. If if you're not willing to do what Master P said and say, well, if this nigga willing to offer me a million dollars for this, like I know. I got to be worth at least 50 for him to make that type of investment in me in the front. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people are willing to take that chance, regardless of how talented they are like Drake. Those are kids, too, that we're talking about, to be fair. Absolutely. Young boys like I, said, I don't want people to think that, that I think that that's wrong or that there's anything wrong with it. I wouldn't expect anything different. If I was in a position, I'm taking them $2 million. So I don't want people that's to think fact. that I'm, I'm playing armchair quarterback here. But that's what we're talking about, and I think that's the root of Kanye's rant. The music business isn't set up for people, artists, to be successful. No. Nah. It's set up to, for you to be manipulated. Like, yeah. even if you do have, like, P, the reason that P was able to even put out trash-ass music, his name has rung bells through this many generations because of the deal that he was able to pull off. Like, that yep. shit doesn't happen. It hadn't happened since. Yep to get 85 to 15 to that. So like, it, it, it's, it's a testament to what Kanye was saying as far as the music business and the ownership. Like it's not set up for you to even have the conversations that Kanye is trying to have. So I do appreciate that from him, but it's a hard road. Yeah. And, and it's, it's crazy because even Kanye was, was shouting out Taylor Swift and because we her infamous situation with her masters was uh Scooter Braun, Justin Bieber's manager, bought her old record label, which owned her masters. And so, you know, you you know, when you up and coming, you Taylor Swift, you get discovered by some whoever, and they got nobody records, nigga, and they put Taylor Swift out for five albums and she blows up and ends up being Taylor Swift, and then somebody comes along and buys that record label for more money than whoever the fuck owned it had ever seen in their life. And now they own Taylor Swift shit. And Taylor Swift was hot because they she said that they went behind her back to do that. So she was hot about this shit. It's similar to like, we own the masses essentially to this, all the recorders that we've been doing. We're not signing anything. Right. If, if Spotify came and said, hey, you guys were doing this for six years. You got over 300 plus episodes, almost four. We'll give you guys a million dollars for all 400 episodes. Right. Well, we wouldn't be dumb to take that. You know, but some people would look at it and be like, oh, y'all sold out. Right. But that's a million dollars for stuff that we've already done. Now, you got to depend on the licensing and how they control that. your image and things of that nature. Yep. But 
the record companies hold most of the leverage because they have the money. They're able to come in with the big boy dollars at the front. Like you, I don't need a million dollars, but if somebody come offering, it would be nice. Well, no, for sure. So like, that's the situation that artists are put in. Like they mostly like need it though. Do you see a change coming? Where do we go from here? Do you um, think his, his, do you think his crusade will be effective? <laughs> like, like what, what does this do? I don't see how. I, I just I, I hope a change will come. I hope that bigger name artists would be able to click up, put something together. Maybe you create a union. Um, but I just don't see how it would happen because people are going to sign up for what these guys are not going to do. It's just like with the NBA and the NFL, like if people say, well, I'm not playing basketball, okay, we'll find other basketball players. So they may not for the first couple of years be to the uh, be the quality that we were rolling out there, but we're going to get back there because we're the NBA or we're the NFL or we're Universal Records. So I ain't got to pay the, the, if the Drakes of the world want to be independent, y'all go be independent and make the money that you're going to make. But it's not going to, I don't think the doors at Universal are going to close. I don't know. If, if those guys go be independent, you do think that they could close the doors? I, I, I hope for it. Why not? Yeah, because it it's so much be. easier to do everything now. Like, I don't need $10,000 to record a, a music video or a million-dollar budget to do a, a recording album. Like, I don't need that stuff. Like, I can sit in my house, get my homeboy to shoot the video. We got everything done, album, promo, marketing for That's under true. a million bucks. And I could yep. be the next NLE chopper. I think I think it'll I think it'll end up being a situation where artists have the option written into their contract. I, th I think labels will have to pivot just a little bit if the if they keep the press on. If some other people join the fight with Ye, but he's so unpredictable, it may take a minute for people to buy in. They might think he's just going on a tangent. But if if they get some momentum, I think there'll be a situation where most contracts will have to have the option written in it to buy back the masters at XYZ price at the end of the contract length. I think that's the fairest because then the label gets the masters up until the end of the contract length. And then when the contract length is up, I can buy them back. And if I'm successful, that shouldn't be a problem. And now I own them and I get them long-term for here until the end of time. I, I think that makes the most sense. I realistically. Think gonna, I, I think that makes sense. I just don't think, that, I think the label still hold the leverage. They just, I don't think that they'll do that. Because they, they, they hold it until people start to. going independent. When Drake goes independent, they're so, going to... Here's a question for you. Then. Like, let's say you go independent and you're Drake, you can still make money. Okay, I give that to you specifically if you're Drake. But right now, especially during the quarantine, if I'm an artist who wants to go independent, where am I making money from? I, I can't go on the road. Like, streams are paying me pennies on the stream. So I might make a couple thousand dollars a month from that. Like, I, I need the label right now. Look at the merch. That's not true. Unless you're putting out gang affiliated <laughs> merch like Benny. <laughs> Other than that. But nigga, everybody ain't able though. Like, man. like those niggas are special. Like those Griselda niggas, like everybody can't throw McDonald's on a t-shirt and get $68 for that motherfucker like Travis Scott. Like, That's on you. <laughs> like it's a nigga everybody like. You gotta put the leg work in. It's a nigga like, what true you do? You're, you're right. And I think. Dame Dash, oh, excuse me, not Dame Dash, Dame Lillard, when he was t talking about Paul Joyce and Pat Beverly, like, y'all niggas out here trying to ch cheat the process. Like, y'all can't run from the grind. 
Exactly. If you out here, you grind, and then you're going to get it. I do feel like it. You might not ever be Drake, but you do have the opportunity to get it. But I don't think that the record label loses its leverage either. I think they still going to be doing deals because people still are going to want to be Drake. I think, I think while we, before we wrap it up, at worst, I'm talking about this is absolute worst, is putting this concept of owning your masters in the heads of artists. And it's it's and it's disrupting at least just a little bit for some people who didn't know some people some people now are like hey get my lawyer on the phone what my shit look like I guarantee you when Kanye was snapping and ran talking about looking at my contract lower level people who aren't Kanye West were like damn what does my shit look like hey call my CPA call my lawyer hey how does my shit look I guarantee it and so now it's at least waking people up. People have been woke up, though. We celebrated on the show all the time. Two Chains got his master's back not too long ago. 21 Savage, NLE Chopper. I don't hear any other podcast celebrating this, but that's okay. We celebrate it because it's news to us. That's a big deal. So I, I can't say what Ye is doing is just like, oh, well, he's just talking. Not when we talk about this shit all the time to begin with. So I, I think at least it'll be on the front of people's minds now. That's on the low end. I think the people that say, he, yeah, you're right. I agree with that. And the people that say he's just talking, I think it's, it's as always with Kanye is the approach. Like yep. he got enough leverage. And that's his phone. That's his phone. Like that's his phone. you turn people off immediately when you go to Twitter and you be like, hey, nigga, hit me up. Yes. Like, bro, like call me. Stop just reach out to the nigga you, that you know that knows me and have him reach out. If I want to get with you, I get with you. Please but stop I think you lose a little bit of <laughs> Please, man. That's my nigga. Love Drake. <laughs> nigga love Drake, man. But yeah, I think he, Kanye loses a little bit of leverage when he does this, but he does bring a good conversation to the forefront that needs to be had. And like you said, we celebrate over here because we're independent. And we yep. like uh, the fact that these things make it, make the road less traveled. It shines some spotlight on it and gives us a little reverence as far as getting to where we want to be. Absolutely, man. Hey, let us know what you guys think. Big business talk over here on the uh, On Deck TV podcast. Um, we got some wins and some losses, man. We do have some wins and some losses. The first W goes to Lil Wayne's former manager. Uh, you know, he was his former manager. Cortez Bryant. He is set to teach a careers in music course at the HBCU, the Jackson State University. That's dope. Um Shout out to Cortez Bryant. Used to manage all a lot of the people at Young Money, Wayne, Nikki. Uh, that's super dope. I'm mad none of this was in school when I was in college, but shout out to those who get to uh, benefit from that. And shout out to Jackson State, man. They just named Deion Sanders as their uh, football Jackson coach, State, so they're shaking it. I see you, Jackson State. Um, shout out to Cortez Bryant, man. He got a great episode of How I Built This, if you guys haven't seen mm. it. That's really, really good. Dope podcast. Next W... Next W goes to your man's Saha. This ain't a W. Alleged, excuse me, the next L. Well, you don't even know what this is because this is this is real sketchy right here. There's a website out there that has a, a free Saha the Prince. Uh, there was a tweet that's really sketchy that went out there. Uh, L to Saha the Prince, man, for possibly being locked up. What did you find out about this? Yeah, man. Saha erased all of his pictures on Instagram. He has one photo that says free Saha. And there's a link to a website, freesci.com, which has uh, an address where you can mail and write him. And it also has a couple of causes in regards to people who were wrong, wrongfully imprisoned. And there's a donation button. 
I, I didn't. I, when I first saw the free Saha, I thought it happened the same night that Kanye shit was going on. So I was like, oh, he wants to be freed from the label. When you click that link, it looked like he wanted to be freed from the Bing. Nigga, that shit looked crazy. This big cap, man. Shout out to my Atlanta niggas, as they would say, man. This big old cap, man. <laughs> Search the records. He ain't been arrested lately or nothing, man. It's he might not be in Georgia, though. You search the world, motherfucker. Yeah. He could be. So he could be locked up someplace else. He could be locked up somewhere else, but I doubt it. <laughs> I man. doubt it. I think this is one of those Kanye West ploys. He's just not doing a good job of. Because as you notice, other than us, no one's talking about side being in jail. Hey. Uh, I just think that it would have hit the media mainstream. And like, if it's not on, I ain't saying MTV News gonna break, but it would have been somewhere, and it's it ain't here. been nowhere. We are the mainstream. We're doing it. Exactly. Absolutely. Also, man, an elder Bobby Smurder, man, he was recently denied, speaking of jail, denied on his parole. So free, free Bobby Smurder. Free Bobby Smurder, man. Big old W going out to your man's DJ Khaled. It is announced as a music curator for Monday Night Football. He also has a new podcast deal with Amazon Music. Mm, yeah. Um, Two big plays. Khaled be working, man. Like, he may get on your nerves, and you may not. You may think he's not funny. You may think his album's overrated. But, hey, you think he not working out here? Like, you got to get to him, man. Like, he stay with a, with a deal on deck. I feel like at least once every seven months, we're on here talking about a new deal, whether it's Weight Watchers, Monday Night Football, Amazon, uh, Snapchat, whatever it is. So, I, I got to get to him. He getting to it, man. I'm... I don't know about that podcast, though, man. I might have to let somebody else listen to that and let me know how it go. Why? Why, why don't you know about the podcast? I don't know if I can listen. I don't know how he would do. I, is it just him talking to artists? I've never heard him. His interviews have never really done anything for me, so I don't know how he would be as a personality in, in this regard. He's funny in 30-second clips on Snapchat. I mean, excuse me, on Instagram, though, but a full-fledged him Q&A with somebody else? I don't know, bro. They need to let me produce it first and foremost if he mm. wants it to be good because what he's going to have to do, he's going to have to turn it down. Mm. Uh, this podcast should be a place where you get another DJ Khaled. Like, it ain't the 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 win, win, win. It ain't the calling you a thousand times for a feature. It should be where he gets to have, like, cool, laid-back conversations with people. And I know, like, I, I know Khaled has his personality, but I also feel like there's a part of his personality that can give you, can drop some gems. Like, I think he's doing some chill shit to give you some good stories. As many people as that nigga been around, as much as he's been doing the last couple of years as DJ Kelly, I know he got some good stories for podcasting. So I think he can do it. It just has to be done right. Yeah, the pod, the podcast deals are flowing right now. We'll talk about that in a second. We got a bonus W. Us. Bonus W goes out to your man G Herbo for buying his elementary school that closed, and he's turning that into a space for community development in Chicago. Big W to my man G Herbo. I really like Herbo, man. I like what he's doing. Can't name one. My girl always asks me, she say, what song does G Herbo sing? He got a million Instagram followers and not one notable song. You know, yeah, because a lot of people don't have radio hits no more. But you can have a million followers without Jerobo, a radio hit. Yeah, that's a fact. Jerobo yeah. is absolutely a famous person, and he's a rapper, but you can't name one song. And I, I ain't dissing in, in saying that. I'm but saying I fuck with her, I fuck with him. I can, but yeah. I'm a fan, so that's different. Yeah, I mean, hey, true. Absolutely. But you still can't name one song. But big, big, uh, big shouts to him. That's super dope. And the name of his elementary school was Overton. Really? Yep. I see you, G Herbo. 
Let's go, Overton. I know that was a great school. Let's go. Oh, to my man. John Overton Bobcats in Nashville, man. We good on that. Man, on Decker of the Week, speaking of these uh, podcast deals going on, shout out to at 239 Hurst. He left a dope comment on Twitter, says, since y'all boys vets in the game, I think y'all should dedicate a whole episode to what y'all think about this podcast revenue game. Um, maybe y'all discuss it, uh, but that'll be lit. Bonus episode. Got to bring him extra in for that as well. He also said, kind of like the Nipsey episode where it was straight to the chase, the podcast game has been wild these last couple of months. He actually said, 239 Hurst. You got to bring in M Extra Drip for that, for sure. I'm not sure M Extra has drip. Yeah, that's questionable. Uh, that's quite very questionable, so I'm not sure if that was a typo. But we can see what we need to do to get M Extra back for that conversation. I feel like that would be a good conversation to have. You don't listen, but Joe Budden has been having it for the last three weeks. Mm. Uh, Charlemagne has been having it for the last couple of weeks on Brilliant Idiots. So the on-deckers have spoken and they kind of want us to t- tap into it. So we'll do so. Yeah, that's super dope. Uh, maybe bring in a couple of members of the network, man, to have a good discussion. Uh, but that's dope. So we'll, yeah, we'll look into that. I don't know about bringing them extra on, though. He might have to sit this one out. <laughs> nah, I'm fucking not bringing I wouldn't mind having my guy in here, man, for one. That's a fact. Man, what you got on deck, though? Oh, excuse me. Um, what put do me I have something. to put you on? There There's you go. I took it back. I was throwback. Yeah, it is. The Soul Part 2 by my man, um, fucking Logic. Excuse me, Reason. And I'm, I was, I'm just going to say in that song, he dissed Logic. And he was talking about niggas. <laughs> I, I feel like that he was talking about us, well, me specifically on this podcast, because I kept calling him logic and his name is reason and he addressed that in this song y'all go check out the soul part two where shit is fire brand new reason single what why do i wish his name song? wasn't reason though because it gets you confused with logic i'm telling you no it just it just reason it, logic it's the same it's thing. too hard to google man like if i'm Reasons looking for a new reason song with... it's too general of a name hmm. is that... logic too reasonable now yeah, but who's it Googling be reasonable that? Logic. It should be <laughs> who's, it should who's be Googling like Jay Z called himself reasonable logic. Ain't nobody Googling that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I, I fuck with reason. I'm looking forward to his new music. I fuck with him heavy, but it that name. You like that track? Yeah, that song was hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was ripping it at the end too. Nah, he be ripping shit. That's a fact. Um I got something to put you on. This is old. I'm just now getting to it. It's a documentary that came out in 2013. It is called The African Americans, Many Rivers to Cross. Have you seen that? Six-part series. On PBS, absolutely. Yes. yes. Man, it's, it. it's on Amazon Prime to watch. Mm. And it takes it back to African Americans in America. And it takes it, each episode is a, a time period. So it's like yeah. the part one is like 1500 to like 1833. And it, Nigga, it Fire. is flames. I'm Absolutely. talking about. I watched the first episode. You're really gonna trip. Um, oh, what was the guy last name? Was it Johnson? I want to say it was Johnson. If your last name is Johnson, which I believe that's what it was, you're really gonna trip off that first episode. If you're black and your last name is Johnson, you're gonna trip off that last episode. Uh, because that's probably where you came from right there. So it's it's very, very dope. I hated history while I was in high school. I'm starting to believe they made that shit boring and lame for a reason uh, because well, it worked because I did not pay attention. Now as I've just, gotten older, huh? 
they weren't teaching you about your history. That's why we weren't. That's a good point. Interesting. And it was all about like white people and slaves and America. I don't give a fuck about that shit. As soon as I, as soon as uh, African American history was uh, like in Nashville, I got buddies from Detroit and the other place, Chicago, and they like, they were taught that shit in school. But in Nashville, we weren't taught that shit in school. As soon as I went to college, I think it was my first year at MTSU, I had an African American studies teacher. I was. My jaw was on the floor. Yeah. And ever since then, like with hidden colors and the different stuff that you learn, even this documentary that you're talking about, like history is awesome. But like yeah. you said, in school that shit was like a snooze fest because I didn't we didn't care. That shit didn't affect us. I mean, nobody looked like us. It was like fuck are y'all talking about. Yeah, I agree was, with you there. That shit was whack. This shit is fire. I can't wait to finish this. There's a couple of parts I'm super I wanna almost jump to certain sections but i'm gonna go ahead and run it through straight like i'm supposed to and again what did you say that show was on i've seen it on pbs yeah it's on um amazon prime i'm gonna check it out you want to watch it it's super dope um as always man appreciate y'all checking in keep your eyes out on patreon this week uh keep your eyes out on patreon moving forward big changes coming you're gonna like it i promise patreon.com slash realville link is in the show notes also, youtube.com slash realville. Make sure y'all subscribe. We are on a road to a thousand subscribers. We will have a giveaway when we get there. We'll have a couple of giveaways. We'll do some flash shit when we get to that 1,000th subscriber, all right? Absolutely, man. As again, another week in the books. We appreciate you guys joining in for the On Deck TV podcast. Support the real. We out. Follow.